Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> I'm Sam. And I'm Maya. And you're listening to... Murder Senses. Woohoo! <laughs> So today's mine. Yeah, we're doing Sam's today. I'm not, I'm gonna be the one that doesn't know anything this time. Yeah. So uh, I don't know anything actually about this case at all. Yeah, she, I told her. I know uh, the name. You, so obviously you guys know you're clicking on, but we're talking about Beth and Mary Stoffer today. The survival tale of the two, the murder of poor Jason Wilkman, and the monster Ming Sang Shu. Hmm. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mentioned it to her that I was going to be doing this case. And, yeah, know. that's all I know is that she's doing their names. The name. <laughs> their names, yeah. So, hopefully, I know it's pretty well known, but it's very interesting. So, hopefully, hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully you like it. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to include more on Beth and Mary's early life, but I couldn't find anything that wasn't related to the case. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's really hard. It was, okay, it's like a publicized case like oh, okay. they they spoke out about it afterwards and all i can find is stuff from after and not before their testimonies and stuff yeah so it was a normal afternoon on may 16th 1980 when eight-year-old beth and 36-year-old mary stoffer she was a former high school student that's a big age difference already they're they're, they're, they're mother and daughter Oh, I thought it was like two sisters. Beth and Mary Stoffer. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, she was a former high school uh, teacher. Um, they were at a beauty salon in St. Paul, Minnesota. And when they were leaving after they got their hair did, they only got to the parking lot. A man named Ming Sang Shu approached from behind them and held them both at gunpoint. Holy crap, that was not even... That didn't take much time. <laughs> no. Like, oh, I'm going to go get my nails did, my hair did. Yeah, they know, went to makeover. a beauty salon. They went to have a, a girl's night out, a girl's day out. They celebrate the day together. Um, and then... He's like, huh, I show up. Yeah, so Ming shows. And then he forced Mary to drive his car to a remote location where he kept his gun pointed at Beth, uh, between, like, at her side. Um, after nearly an hour of driving at this man's command, they arrived, and then they got them out and bound their hands together before throwing them into the trunk of Mary's car. So they were in the front, or, like, uh, Mary was driving. Oh, so he was pointing a gun at her while she was driving and, like, directing her He was pointing a gun at Beth, her daughter. Oh. Wow. He was saying, like, drive me here. Yeah. So Mary and Beth began praying really loud in the trunk, and Ming heard it. So he stopped the car and gagged them with tape. Oh. Continued driving and stopped again to check on them a little bit later. Trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there's always going to be a trigger warning with every case, like I've said. Yeah, this, this <laughs> case is pretty rough. It involves rape uh-huh. and uh, sexual assault. Yeah, that's uh, rough. Obviously murder, as I've mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, I'll try and put some trigger warnings before the scenarios happen. I didn't go into incredible detail with the uh, brutal things, so... Okay. Yeah. So he stopped again to check on them and found that Mary had untied Beth a little bit. He tied them tighter and became angrier. He threatened them and then closed the trunk. Ming stopped one last time to check on Beth and Mary, and this time they again had both loosened the ropes. He was unscrewing a metal plate 
which was holding a spare tire and proceeded to drop the tire onto Mary and Beth, assumingly to, so they wouldn't, like, struggle much more. I mean, I don't or know how. get out. Yeah, so they wouldn't keep trying to get out. Ow. During this, Ming heard a little boy say hi. While, so he was walking over to the car and it seemed that this little boy noticed something wasn't right. His name was Jason Wilkman. He was six years old and he was playing with his friend Mark when they noticed an older man acting a little bit weird around the trunk of this car. Mark stayed up at the front while Jason headed to the trunk to see what was going on. Ming Sen Shu saw poor Jason and grabbed him with his hand over the little boy's mouth and tossed him in with the stoffers. Poor thing. Yeah. Then he hopped back into the front seat of his car and continued to drive again. He was just trying to help. He just wanted to see what was going on. He was curious. He's a little six-year-old boy. I mean, yeah. You're not going to realize, you know, stranger danger. I know. I mean, like, <laughs> something seemed wrong. He was doing something shady at the trunk of his car. Maybe maybe Jason saw Beth and Mary in there. Mm, we don't know. So Beth and Mary were trying to calm him down by asking his name. They also found out that he was upset because now he knew he wasn't going to be able to go see his grandmother the next day. That sounds so innocent. It broke my heart. Another hour passed with Ming driving, and he drove through some woods and stopped the car again. This time, he grabbed Jason. Ming was only gone for about 10 to 15 minutes before he returned to the driver's seat and continued back on the road, this time without Jason. So he, like, dropped him out of the trunk and was like, yeah. I'm not going to say what happens yet. Okay. I wrote this in a lead up because everything I wrote, sorry, everything I read got straight to the murder right away. Yeah, and that's not what happened. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys the story as it played out. It's not a story, (laughs) unfortunately. So another, a third hour passed and the car came to a stop. Beth and Mary were left in the trunk with no movement from Ming or the car for some time. And then Ming returned. He took Bethy, Beth, Beth and Mary sorry, out of the car and transferred them to a different vehicle before bringing the two to his home. Did he steal a car? No, that was his car. Um. So he had abandoned uh, Mary's car at, uh, I couldn't find the uh, location. But he probably didn't want to keep going with their car because then, you yes, know, they exactly. could track their car. Exactly. Um, so Ming blindfolded Beth and Mary and put them into a closet that was 21 inches wide and four feet long. Oh my God, that looks messy. Yeah, so I have a picture of the closet here. We'll be posting it to the Instagram and <gasps> other pictures of Beth, Mary, and Jason. It's also really small. Uh, yeah, yes, it is. Um, so trigger warning. Right. The same night that Beth and Mary were kidnapped, Ming took Mary, who was still blindfolded, to another room. He talked with her for a couple of hours what before raping her. He recorded the entire conversation in rape on video. So he got a kick out of that. Yeah, right away. he recorded everything. What the? Every. During this conversation, Ming said that he had tasen, taken Jacob, oh my goodness, sorry, <laughs> taken Jason out into the woods and threatened him. He said, I just scared him and then I fired a shot over his head and then I let him go. Mary said she had never heard any shots. He proceeded to say, even if they find him, he didn't get a very good look at me. I had the dark glasses on and I scared him good enough so that I know he's not going to do anything. And even if he does, there's no way a six-year-old is going to pick me out of a lineup. I never seen him in my life. He's never seen me in my life. And all he saw was your car. There's So there's no way he'll ever get back to me. So I'm not worried about him. See, he represents no threat to me. Uh, you'd be surprised. How much a six-year-old can remember. It's also the fact he elaborated so much on Jason saying, he's okay, he's okay, he's okay. She knew he wasn't okay. No, I I don't don't think he's okay. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, Ming also told Mary that he knew her before. And he kidnapped her and was so mad at, at her because she was his former high school teacher. 
and she gave him a B in algebra. That is not a reason to kidnap someone and murder them. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> he claimed, proceeded to claim, that the grade was why he didn't get into college and instead listened, list, enlisted into the army and was sent to Vietnam, where he was then captured as a prisoner of war. This was a lie. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of figuring that one out. A single B isn't gonna get you no. not accepted into college. You know, if you you have to have a lot more bad grades than that. In all reality, he was voted most likely to succeed um, and was accepted into the University of Minnesota, where he went for two years before dropping out. So that's his own fault. Yeah, he this grade didn't. He just needed some sort of. I think he just needed some sort of justification. This grade was an excuse. Yeah. It didn't. It ruined his perfect record, quote unquote. Sure. So this brings me back to when Ming met Mary Stoffer. Let me remind you, the kidnapping was in 1980. Let's set the scene. <laughs> oh yes, the. I think I mean, it was. I don't know if the hippie era was still going on. Everyone's wearing bell-bottom jeans so and this have year. the afro-y hair, and they're like, oh, yes, disco. 1965. Mm. <laughs> That's the hippie era. Ming said she was attending Alexander Ramsey High School. His algebra teacher was Mary Soffer. Ming later testified that during this period, he had a, quote, schoolboy crush on Mary, and one of the reasons he despised her so much was because she gave him a B, which I mentioned, which tarnished his perfect grade. And... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. He also admitted that during this infatuation is when he began fascinating about Mary and sexual ways. No, it's nothing about that great. <laughs> That's yeah. his own sick, twisted fantasies. Yeah, he started fantasizing about her and he was obsessed with her, so. Was this in high school? Yes. Yeah, mm. he was in high school. Um, this was in 1965. So between yeah. 1976 uh, 1975 and 1976, sorry, Ming was writing stories about Mary and his sexual fantasies with her. These stories describe some ex extremely disturbing and graphic matter. He wrote about things like consen consensual sex, rape, and gang rapes. Although mm. Ming admitted that he even wrote about consensual fantasies, he included some form of pain or violence in them. Mm, yeah, he's, he's, you can already tell he's got sick, twisted ideas. Yeah, Ming, eventually Ming wasn't imagining enough. It, it wasn't. It wasn't enough for him. And he began to come up with a plan to kidnap her and make his... Uh, Fantasize, fantasizations a reality. Yeah, fantasy. Yeah, Real, that. Yeah. Fantasy is a reality. At this point, when Mary was returned back to the closet and Beth was still there waiting for her. Together, the two endured this for the next seven weeks. Oh, almost two months. Yes. During this time, Ming used Beth to get Mary to cooperate with what his demands were. His, he threatened Beth's life multiple times to use against Mary. And on one occasion, during a gruesome sexual assault on Mary that I don't really want to elaborate on, Ming found out that she wasn't being, quote, affectionate enough. Oh. And asked Mary, and asked if Mary had ever seen someone die from suffocation. Of course she wasn't being romantic enough. She didn't want him. <laughs> Obviously. Before <sighs> proceeding to ask that, he asked if she would like to see Beth like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Poor child. <laughs> After this, he demanded she do what he says regarding what he wanted for affection, and she refused. After she refused, Ming brought Beth out of the closet and put a plastic bag over her head. Yeah. He kept the bag on her head for what was reported to be about four or five minutes and only removed it after Mary kissed him. The, the human body can suffocate really fast. Mm -hmm. She was like, fuck it. He's going to kill her. Well, I got it. Yeah, I think it's like three minutes without oxygen. Yeah. Whatever. On at least two other occasions, he separated Beth and Mary and put Beth in a box. Beth was in this box for up to eight hours sometimes. This next thing is so sad and it's really hard for me to say. 
but Beth was so scared that she pulled her hair out of her scalp and urinated on herself multiple I mean, she's only six at this time. She, yeah, she was... She didn't know how to... Or she was... I think she was eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still. Jason was six. Yeah, he was six. Still. A eight-year-old child is not going to know what to do with themselves after that. Especially after two months worth of that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. So on Father's Day, Ming let Mary call her father. Oh, okay. And that's one of the reasons why this case is specifically so popular. This call was, it's really heartbreaking and I'm going to play it. I just want to say that it is sad. Hello, Earth speaking. Hello, Dad. Yes, Bethy. Are you okay? Yeah. Is mommy okay? Yes. That's good. Oh, I'm... Ready? Yes. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you so much, sweetie. You're fine, Dad. Oh, I'm so glad. We can't talk anymore. Um, when can you come home? I don't know. Can I talk... Can you come back? Can I talk to him? No. Okay, you call again. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye, sweetie. That, that's that's heartbreaking. Imagine being the father in that situation. Yes. N you can't even... I know. So the phone lines were obviously tapped. I was going to say, they had to have gotten something out of that phone call, you know? You know, it was, it was tapped. They didn't get much from it. Not like a location or anything? Unfortunately, no. Maybe it was like a burner phone. I, uh, I couldn't uh, find if it I was or not. Yeah, no, I don't know. But this was on Father's Day. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I couldn't find why Ming let Beth call. He obviously had some sort of it compassion. Could, but it also could have been a part of his fantasy. It could be. It could have been. Like, to let them know, to let him know that they were okay. They were alive. Keep them leading on. And that they were being held by someone. Yeah. He obviously needed someone to know that. Yeah. There's, there's just... It's not for no reason. No. But Beth's father, Irv, was quoted after saying, To hear her voice and to know that it, apparently they were well was just a tremendous encouragement for me he said it helped me not give up yeah after that i would i would keep looking it also the fact um mary had uh sorry no beth had an older brother oh okay. so irv had to keep strong for beth's brother and yeah. you know for beth and mary both mm -hmm. after knowing they're both okay so only once in the whole seven weeks were beth and mary brought outside of ming's home so he brought them outside he did he chained the two up and put them in a motor home he brought them to a work conference in chicago remember this happened in minnesota so it's a nine hour drive why br he probably just didn't want to leave them alone well, in no. case they exactly escaped. exactly they want to risk it ming decided it was safe for him to chain mary and beth up together and attach the other end to a hinge pin on the closet door to let them out of the closet as they had access to the bedroom afterwards, after this trip. That looks like those, um, those leashes that you put on children. Yeah. Or picture, like, if you're picturing a dog, your two dogs attached to the same leash with one owner holding. Yeah. Ugh, that's just... That's essentially, I'm going to post this picture as well. Um, so on July 7th, 1980, 53 days after Beth and Mary, oh my goodness. Okay, so on July 7th, 1980, 53 days after Mary and Beth were kidnapped from a parking lot on a girl's day out, Mary was able to slide the hinge pin and get the chain unattached from the closet door. Well, that's good. This was the first day that Ming attached them to this leash and said, hey, you guys can have access to a bedroom. Badass Mary here said no. That leash must have been defective. <laughs> no, it was the hinge pin. Oh. Uh. 
um, Mary said something along the lines. I listened to this interview before I started the case. This was when I was introduced to the case, and I couldn't find the interview for the life of me again. Oh, okay. So I couldn't quote her on it. But she said something along the lines of, like, she was expecting the hinge pin to be really hard to get out. Mm -hmm. But it slid like grease. Like, it was greased. Like, the hinge pin, like, in like yeah, a door? Yeah, like, in a door. Like, uh, if you see, uh, I'm, I'm pointing to the door here to show Mara the pin right mm. there. She slid it up. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that, those it usually slid are like it out. was greased. Those usually are, because my door, mine started lifting up a bit, and I tried to push it. I could not push it back in. Yeah. My, da- um, my dad had to use a hammer to Damn. put it back in. Damn, yeah. So. so, they got the chain unattached from the closet. They both went together to the kitchen. They got the phone and they called 911. The police told them to stay yeah. in the house until they got there. But the two decided to go outside and hide behind the car. Who farted? Benny. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can't hear the hail. No? No, I can't hear it through okay. there. But I can hear it. It's fucking loud. They both went together to the kitchen, got the phone where they called 911. The police told them to stay in the house until they got there, but the two decided to go outside and hide behind a car. They knew if Ming came back, he'd kill them before the police got there. Uh, yeah, that's smart of them. Mm-hmm. Once the police arrived, a cop approached the vehicle with his gun drawn because he seen little feet, and he was expecting Aww. to see Ming hiding. Instead, he was met with a little Beth and Mary shackled together. That's so sad. That's, uh, see, that's something I could never do is just be a police officer because of the, all this stuff that you have to mm-hmm. witness. Yeah. The police went to Ming's work, work and arrested him immediately for the kidnapping of Beth and Mary's daughter. Well, at least they knew it was him. Yeah. Well, I mean... They probably said it was him. Mary knew who it was at this point because he told her, you know, she she, she was well, a teacher. Yeah, that's right. and she, she knew who it was. Yeah. Oh. So not long after arriving at the Ramsey County Adult Detention Center, he offered another inmate $50,000 to kill Beth and Mary. He really wanted them gone. Yeah. That's sick. After this inmate was released from prison, Ming gave him a $1,000 down payment. The inmate, who I'm not going to name, he went straight to the police. Good. As he should. Good. (laughs) Because... You know, someone comes up to you, can you murder this little girl and her mother? If you do it, you're sick. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, he went straight to the police. And luckily, you know, they got reprimanded for this pretty hard. Yeah. So Mary came out later to say that the next day, I think, um, I didn't have this written down. Um, I should have. Unfortunately, I didn't put it. It's okay. But the next day, the day after what was supposed to happen, Mm -hmm. uh, the day after they escaped, Ming was supposed to move them to the Philippines. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. And start a new life with them. That would have just ruined everything. They would have never been found. Yep. That would have been it. No. It's in a different jurisdiction too. Oh, a different country. (laughs) I know. A different continent. The United States? This is in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. A whole different area. Yeah. So luckily, Ming put them to the closet. When he did, they got out before he got home. Yeah. Thankfully. He was then transferred to the St. Paul Ramsey Hospital for a variety of mental and physical health tests. Good. I'm glad they tested him. 
I want to know what he has. Mm. <laughs> Ming underwent four different psychiatric evaluations. Mm. I, he went on, he underwent more uh, during and after the trial. Oh, okay, but but this is pre-trial. Okay. So Charles McCafferty performed the first psychiatric evaluation and was quoted saying, "He shows many of the characteristics of an antisocial personality disorder, but further psychological assessment is needed before reaching a definitive diagnosis." So they 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 knew, but they 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 he really needed so more. He he needed a lot of evaluations. Wow. So Dr. James Gilbertson conducted a second evaluation and concluded that he could have schizoid personality disorder and psychosexual disorder. I didn't know what schizoid personality disorder was. So for those who also don't know, schizoid personality disorder is an uncommon condition in which people avoid social activities and consistently shy away from interaction with others. And they also have a limited range of emotional expression. That just sounds like a psychopath. Yes, that was a quote I got from mayoclinic.org. We all trust Mayo Clinic. That's the <laughs> place where you get all your information. Yeah. Anytime I have a symptom, I'm like, oh, I gotta check it. Go to Mayo Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't search up your symptoms. That's what creates health anxiety. Don't doctor yourself. No. Please. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dr. Terry Zulke. Sorry if I butchered that. I tried my best did the third assessment and was quoted saying he may be diagnosed with a mixed personality disorder. The results of the evaluation suggest personality characteristics of a narcissistic, antisocial, and compulsive personality disorder. With respect to the narcissistic features, the respondent gives evidence of overvaluing his sense of personal worth, an exaggerated sense of his own importance seen in his tendencies to be very self-centered. Antisocial personality characteristics are also noted. Yeah, that's a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. I hate narcissists. Ooh, they get on my nerves. <laughs> For the fourth and final <laughs> examination here, Dr. Jonas Rappaport, I'm sorry again, performed the final psychiatric exam on Ming and determined that he suffered from compulsive personality disorder with features of atypical personality disorder and sexual sadism. He's got a lot. Yes. <laughs> he is, in, like, what, what would that word be? <sighs> Intricate. Intricate. He's got a lot of intricate things about him. There's, there's a lot. Oh yeah. I almost said intriguing. <coughs> he is not no, intriguing. He is not. He's sick. Yeah. He continued to say to other inmates that he was going to escape, and then proceeded to make a couple of escape attempts, but they didn't really go any far. Like mm-hmm. he just. So he was just like, I'm going to escape, but never really tried. He just tried to like run. <laughs> But they never, they, he never if made you're it, like, in out prison, the doors. Most prisons are securely, like... Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to just run. If you want to escape, you better start with a spoon and a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Dig your way out. In the next 20 to 40 years, you'll get out. <laughs> so Ming also smashed a light bulb and somehow tied the glass shards to a plunger to make a weapon. Oh, my God. I oh. didn't find if he used this weapon. I think they just found it. And we're like, okay, what the fuck? You gotta do what you gotta do. You really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He confessed to murdering Jason Wilkman to one of the psychiatrists who evaluated him prior to the trial, saying he knew where his body was, but he didn't want to say. So he did murder him. He, he didn't did. let him go. He didn't. They never found him. Ugh, that's so sad. I hate when At this don't point, they never found him. Oh, so. okay. But a week before the trial against Mary and Beth Stoffer, he was offered a deal. Mm. He would not get first-degree murder if he revealed the spot where the body was located. Good old plea deal. <laughs> yep. Ming led the officers to Carlos Avery Wildlife Reserve and said that this is the area where the body should be. After the police searched the reserve for an entire day, they finally found the small body of six-year-old Jason Wilkman. 
At least they did find it, because then they can check in. Yeah. His body at this point was skeletal and covered in branches and cornstalks. Hmm. Never heard of bodies being covered in cornstalks before. Me neither. That's different. Yeah. That's It's still sad, but... Yeah. The autopsy mm-hmm. later revealed that he suffered fractures on his back and on the right side of the skull. A pathologist determined that he had been murdered with a blunt metal weapon, such as a jack handle or something that he took out of the trunk. Yeah, probably. I Maybe mean. that metal, metal, uh, I can't remember if it was a metal bar or, it was something, that thing that held up the tire to the back of Mary's car. Oh, when yeah. When he put the tire on Mary. He took something metal from that. I I assume that's what it was. It could have been the rim. It could have been. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> so Ming's trial for the murder of Jason Wilkman began on January 14th, 1981 and lasted three weeks. Mary Stauffer was one of the first witnesses up on the stand to testify against Ming. Not long after she began her testimony, Ming jumped up out of his chair and lunged towards Mary. He was angry. <laughs> he managed to put her into a chokehold. And as the ju- trial judge later said, uh, sorry, no. He managed to put her into a chokehold, and then he took a knife and slashed at her repeatedly. Five deputy sheriffs ran to the assistance, and during the attempt to take him down, he managed to cut a deep slice into her cheek, which ended up requiring 62 stitches. Jesus, that must have been a long cut. The court later uh, allowed the jury to take the attack into their deliberations. Luckily. I'd hope so. I mean, it happened in court. Some courts wouldn't have, but yeah. That'd be messed up. Yeah. On February 21st, 1981, after two hung juries and a denied mistrial, Ming Sen Shu was found guilty of the kidnapping and murder of Jason Wilkman. Good. He was subsequently given a second-degree murder and was sentenced to 40 years for it with the order that Ming's sentence would run concurrent with the federal sentence. He should have been um, sentenced to first degree, but I guess that... It was because you know, of the, 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 the deal. Yeah. I... You gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, I win wrote, some, you lose some. Yeah, I wrote here that I do not think 30 years is fair to Jason's family. He deserved a life sentence for the murder of the six-year-old boy. Well, 30 years if, he, if he's 40. only... 30, yeah. Sorry, yeah. He uh, was sentenced to 40 years and got 10 written off because for some reason he will be out of prison before he's dead hopefully not well it's gonna run concurrent with beth and mary's sentence so oh yeah no yeah so he okay good (laughs) in this case he isn't getting out of prison but 30 years i think he was like 30 at the time he would have been he would get out if if it was just that yeah or him yeah yeah if it was just the sentence it i find it's very unfair And it's not right. Urgh, that's my dog. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. He's grumpy. <laughs> I couldn't find anything at all about Beth and Mary's trial. I tried so hard. There was nothing. Nothing. No? No, I literally searched for like a day. A day. That's messed up. They should have had at least something. Yeah. But when the trial did happen, Ming was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with parole in 10 years. Uh, the parole will probably be denied. It was. <laughs> because she had taken them over the state lines the kidnapping became a federal case Mm. and because of the law at the time and because of the law at the time (laughs) he became eligible for automatic release after 30 years unless they were proven to still be a danger to society however the judge recommended that ming serve the full 30 years regardless uh yeah he probably wouldn't change he did not no (laughs) just a little just a little hint in 2010 he became eligible for that release Mm. he was 59 at the time and all of the prosecutors were arguing that he is definitely still a danger uh, to society. Yeah. He chose to not receive any psychological or sexual offender treatment during the whole 30 years he spent in prison. 
He probably just didn't think he did anything wrong. Yeah. Evaluations that were performed indicated Ming had a high risk of offending again and required intensive treatment and 24-hour supervision. Well, that's the thing. With if he was released. Well, yeah. But that's the thing with narcissists. They don't see what they're doing wrong. They no, don't think that they did anything wrong. He didn't want help. He did not want help. Mm. So Mary was later quoted saying, it would be a huge concern to the public if he isn't ready and it will just end up happening again. She was later also said that she forgave him. She found God and well, she believes in change. She believes know, he could change. I don't believe if, he can change. However you need to heal, you know? You do. She did heal. She She's amazing. She's a strong-ass woman. And Beth, too. They're both they're both living their best life today. That's good. But the parole hearing was ultimately denied, and Ming appealed it in 2014, where it was denied again. Thank God. And Ooh. since, he's just been rotting in prison, where he's going to die. Yes, he's going to stay there. Good! <laughs> but I can't imagine how Beth and Mary felt constantly, like they were feeling like they were going to die any second for 53 days. Mm, yeah, that will cause some trauma. <laughs> it's... Imagine I, having full-on adrenaline for almost two months. I've been in bad situations, bad physical situations, and I know the feeling of terror. But for 53 days but for, straight. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine any sense of what they went through at all. No, you, I mean, you can't. They're the only person who knew, people who knew. Exactly. No one can, really. What but. the fuck did Jason's murder trial only result in 40 years? Yeah, no, that's wrong. That, hmm, I think he should have gotten a lot more than just, he murdered a boy, kidnapped a woman and a child, and what, 40 years, that's, yeah. And like, tried to kill her again in court, and then tried to kill her again once he was in jail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, he should have. And I'm sure he planned some other murder attempts throughout oh. that time. Wow. If he did it once, he's probably gonna do it again. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised. And he I just, I can't believe that this man's held a grudge. On her for giving him a B! Wow, that was his justification. I know that's not the reason. I know that's not the reason. But you also, it's also wrong for him to just blame it on that. Because imagine she actually believed that. She's thinking, fuck, why did I give him a B? I know, like, he... I don't don't know. I don't... That's just... I can't put my head in the... I can't put myself in the shoes or brain of a murderer. No, me neither, because I'm not, you know. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Oh, rage is a hell of a thing. <laughs> it is. He was probably just angry because she didn't want him. Yeah. She was like, mm, no. Yeah. I mean, but he never, obviously she wouldn't have wanted him anyways, but he never made any initiation to know that. No. He just fantasized about her. But he was also a student. She was a teacher and... Exactly. Legally, a teacher cannot pursue a relationship with a student. And she was married with, I think, at least one kid at this time. Yeah. yeah. No, she definitely didn't have Beth, so one kid or no kids. But she was married. If it was like it was her brother. Yeah. Well, Beth's brother, but yeah. So, anyways, that was the story, the case, the horrible, terrifying, traumatizing case of Beth and Mary Stauffer, poor Jason Wilkman. That's, it's so sad. He was just so... He was so young. He was curious. He didn't... I know. He didn't know. He just... He was like, oh, something's going on. I'm going to go check it. His friend. Yeah. Like, imagine how Mark felt being at the front of that car, watching Jason. Yeah, so Mark escaped. He probably just ran off. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, uh, Ming didn't notice Mark. Thank God. Yeah. Because if he did, it would have been boy, an issue. He would have probably, most likely, murdered that little boy too. He probably would have. But that that boy had to live with that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Witnessing his friend get kidnapped like that. I mean, obviously he didn't get murdered right away, so he didn't know right away that his friend was murdered. He but he did get murdered right away, but it was <sighs> not known. He was until Ming confessed. He was a missing person. Yeah, he wasn't. A murder victim. I think they assumed that he was being held with Beth and Mary. Oh, okay. But, you know, they didn't find him, so... Exactly, until the confession. That's so sad. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little mini-sode. I I, want to say I did enjoy it, but, you know, it's kind of (laughs) sick. It is. I had a hard time researching this. Like, there's a lot of graphic details. This is kind of like a shorter one. It doesn't seem like there was a lot of information. There wasn't. So. And I forgot to mention... Uh, and researching is so hard. Yes. I forgot to mention that during the trials, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone requested a for the tapes to be released. Really? Yes. And the court said that there is absolutely no way any of these tapes will be released because they are too horrendous for anyone to see. Uh, yeah, most of the time when things happen in court, they offer the jury, like, therapy. Yes. So, I'm sure they don't want the public yeah. going through what the jury had to go through. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I obviously didn't see it, but apparently it was Obviously, sick. a lot of people had morbid curiosity. Uh-huh. Well, most people do. Yeah. But, yeah, that was... Something. So anyways, I hope you guys have a great day, evening, morning, at work, in the shower, in bed. Wherever you are. I don't know what you're doing. Going for a walk, maybe? Yeah, you could be walking your dog. (laughs) If you are, be careful. My dog's taking a sleep. Yeah, he's sleeping on the ground. He's been a good boy, this case. (laughs) Except for his his one little grunt. (laughs) It's because he wants to be fed 20 times a day. He does. Anyways, I'm going to shut up. (laughs) So, yeah, good goodbye. Okay.